When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. New Zealand and welcome to Afternoons with Staffy. Without Staffy, Sammy Ackerman in for you today. So you have the rare treat of the Sammy double hit. Sammy Ackerman, Sammy Hewitt together. Will it be confusing? Damn right it will. Will it be entertaining? Let's bloody hope so, because that's the whole point why you're here while we're here. Uh, Sammy, good to see you, mate. Mate, it's good to see you. Uh, look, listeners can take uh, comfort in the fact that they just have to say Sammy when they're texting in, and, and whether it's abuse or positive feedback, we'll take, we'll, you know. We will then split it between Correct. us, yeah. uh, who you're having a crack at or <laughs> uh, or supporting agreement to. So uh, we go by uh, by many names here. Uh, I have uh, a list of nicknames as long as my arm, but very few I can share on air, unfortunately. Mm. So uh, you can feel free to uh, use, abuse uh, our names in any shape or form uh, that you wish. But it is wonderful to be here. Uh, the main man, Mark Stafford, taking a well-earned powder uh, after a, a big year and a wonderful year. I am uh, among the many, like your good selves, that are regular listeners on Afternoons here, and it is an absolute pleasure and a privilege to be in uh, Staffy's seat today. We've got a truncated show today, only with you till 1.30 before the White Ferns game gets underway, so we'll cram in what we can along the way. And uh, Sammy, we are at that stage now. We've got only one more weekend until uh, things kick off for Christmas. The big day. Jeez, I tell you what, the weekends are becoming <clears throat> just a little insane for me. Talk, talk me through it, because um, are we shopping still? Uh, have we finished that up? No, no, right? no. We're not at shopping yet. We're no, not, okay, you, yeah, that's... There's, 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 that's we're there's talking, days ahead. What are you talking yeah, about? 9pm 9, 9 Sunday, Sunday evening. We are not shopping yet, because uh, the main reason is uh, the the young'uns are keeping us um, pretty busy. So we had uh, yesterday uh, the first uh, carnival, so down in Tauranga, mm-hmm. my, uh, my family are very much into the surf life-saving uh, culture down there, part of the, the mighty Mount Maunganui uh, mm-hmm. Surf Life-saving Club. Oh, great uh, club. Great club. A lot of history there. A, t- a ton of history and a lot of good humans as well, which draws us to it. Uh, and it's a uh, is the first time of the the oceans levels, right? So that's once you get to under 11s and up, that goes from the nippers up to oceans. Uh, and I've got my eldest is in there, and and somehow uh, they had an event, uh, the uh, the coastal championship, just bringing some of the local. Uh, clubs together, a good time. Somehow I got roped into being the beach manager for uh, the under-12s. Sure. Anyone who knows me knows that this was a horrific idea. I can barely manage my way (laughs) out of bed in the morning Mm. and into clothes fitting the right way uh, and out the door. And these these kids, they they should know their deal by now, but You literally sitting behind you. You're feeling really confident. You take a couple of steps away. Suddenly the marshals call out, all under-12 boys, you turn around, they've gone disappeared right 
how like they had barely the energy to move a second ago mm-hmm. but you know, it used to okay when it's the nipper stage right because they all kind of sit together and used to stick around their parents these uh, young guys and girls really happy to bolt What's the uh, what's the sort of job description, as it were, of the of the, the beach manager? Because you know, managers got a lot of different. T- if you're a manager of a of a retail shop, that's very different to say a football manager. Um, a beach manager, are we suit and tie? Uh, do we no, have no. a coach's box? I, what I, are we- I, I was I was wearing a Mount Maunganui uh, life saving t shirt, which is my first mistake because it made me look official and made people think I, I knew answers. Yep. Can you swim? I can swim to save myself, yep. but I can't swim to save myself. Um, <laughs> you know, like if, if, if I needed to, or I could save anyone else as, as I could. Because I, I didn't grow up as part of beach culture. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I grew up in the in, in the 09, and you know, we go to the beach occasionally. But I mean, having a little splash around Takapuna or Mission Bay or wherever you go around uh, Auckland. Mm. I mean, you yeah, you knew you were you would only go up to your ankles and pihar and you're all right yeah, unless, yeah, yeah. unless you're really ready to test out those surf life saving skills. But look for me, I, I wasn't around it, but you know, my kids been growing up down there and they are absolutely loving it. And it is the best mate. We oh, while I was cricket, these guys are into the uh, the surf life saving, teaching amazing skills as well. Good people, uh, great fitness stuff, and uh, yeah, like from nippers all the way through just absolutely love it but for me I'm a novice I, I don't know I, I couldn't tell the kids what to do my job is to get them to where they need to be when the marshals are calling them there so they're allowed to race yeah sounds easy mm. but do you ever try chasing 12 year olds no so you can't through, no you can't chase them through through the soft sand Right, not the hard right, side. Yeah, like, yeah. You are literally your hammy's going. You're feeling the yeah. agony. Yeah. Uh, the heat's beating down on my pasty white skin. Uh, I'm, I'm starting the motion of what my wife refers to as my candy cane phase. Where I just go red white, red white, <laughs> red white, red white. No tan. Uh, but listen, I'm in awe of watching these uh, young boys and girls becoming young men and women. Um, ripping in the way they do. It must be exhausting all the stuff they're doing on the boards and into the surf, but they rip and it is so cool. And at the same time, the, the nippers were going behind us. I got a the couple nippers. of young ones in the nippers yeah. uh, and uh, and Santa made his way out for a visit for the Did nippers. Yep, on the, bit, on the, a bit out of climate for him. But yeah, well, look, the shorts helped. Uh, the shorts okay. and the jandals were certainly helpful on that occasion oh, for that Santa. That must get sweaty though. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I tell you what, Santa uh, did his, uh, his annual lolly scramble uh, went off without a hitch. It was in Brilliant. fact the best organised lolly scramble I've ever seen in history. The young ones told us down the front, the big ones at the back. It was it was beautifully managed. Uh, no, I'm, Is that because were you were you part of that as well? Or? No, I was too far, I was too far away to get involved. Okay. Uh, and lolly scrambles, uh, as I've said previously, how can lolly scrambles be legal but bull rush not? Well, honestly, it is. Well, yeah, it, no, that's fair. It's absolutely yeah, bedlam. Yeah, no, that's fair. Bedlam. So uh, really well done, and the kids had a good time picking up these sandy lollies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They took me at lollies scrambles throwing the sand. But that's, hey, look, the kids are happy, uh, and that's what it is. But that's that's what it is. End of year, everything, right? Every yeah, no, it all every, comes together. Every sport you got anywhere uh, is pulling you in for these parties and that. So I hope everyone else has been having a damn good time with it because uh, the kids are. And, you know, one more week before the real – Madness kicks in with the psycho ho hostess of uh, children going absolutely nuts between now and then. I do, I, I, I love it. Um, now, look, in a sporting sense, in a sporting question that I had for you, um, not only did I spend the weekend um, neighbourhood Christmas party, um, sort of a family Christmas do, um, I'm teaching Charlie how to swim. He's probably actually, I'm probably learning a lot more than he is, to be fair, <laughs> in the uh, in the heated pool. Uh, but I did catch a little bit of the uh, of the PNC as well, which is the one where Tiger and his son Charlie are yeah. playing in. Um, and I've always had this thought, and I'm just going to throw it out there for you to simmer on for the next hour and a half, and potentially the rest of the week, <clears throat> because have you ever? Can you think of a athlete who has had a kid who has been? just as if not more successful than than the athlete themselves now I'm talking about like big names so yeah I'm sure some guy played like you know two games in the NRL and then his son was Nathan Cleary yeah but but have you ever has there ever been with the genes that that must be living inside the LeBron James the the Messi's etc their kids becoming superstars themselves because I can't think of an example well, uh, we've got to make sure that we're setting their bar high, right? It's like got to be, for, 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 be exa- for example, Ivan Cleary was a mighty fine NRL player. Correct. But he's not generational talent. No. Right? Uh, and he'll be the first to tell you that. So uh, it's, 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 I will simmer on it. Um, I don't think I, you'll find it. I honestly have thought about it for like over the weekend. I couldn't think of a of – a, yeah, if you think about I, I think you see uh, some of the uh, second-gen uh, black caps. I'm thinking uh, the Latham. Latham's rather. Rod Latham was uh, a hell of a cricketer again. Not he was he fought for his uh, spot on a 
because, on a regular basis. Because th- I think everyone's natural inclination is like with Tiger Woods. Like his kid must be an amazing golfer because it's Tiger Woods. Or LeBron James, or his kids must be amazing basketballs because he's LeBron James, which they might be decent or good, but are they going to be as good as the old man? Yep. Or or the, the you know the mum if that's if that's the way it goes so just a question I wanted to throw out there um, in light of talking about kids and uh, you know getting gifts for Christmas if yeah. they have any gifts and uh, like you know Caleb Clark and Ronnie Clark have had pretty similar rugby careers okay, as far yeah. as the, the, to date and, and the skill level and talents uh, there to see but a lot a lot of, a lot of sharing of those uh, gene pools but yeah who, the son or daughter that has exceeded the parent what well it, we could make it simpler than that. Could we just ask for the best father or or mother son daughter combo in in history in sporting history? Yeah, Give geez. us your best yeah. parent parent child sporting well, success. I, I I think that the the single uh, greatest bloodline that we've got going around right now must be the Barretts, right? The Barretts, the, uh, right, the white right? Yeah, locks. okay. And, and, and look, Smiley Barrett was wasn't a. Uh, Poster on wall player, mm-hmm. but he's got he's got heritage in there, and he's produced us three fine All Blacks. It's true along the way. The Winyard family have yep. brought us stars in, in multiple disciplines, yep. um, and there's going to be many more that people are going to rattle off at me, and I can't wait to hear it. It's a great question, Sam. All right, there you go. Uh, I'm all for that. There you I'm, go for a Monday. I'm all in on that, and the saying I want to we want to bring up as well. It is the last uh, week before Christmas, and we are going to be bringing in some very fine uh, options for you. We are bringing in institutionalising, because the man himself is far too humble to do so, the inaugural Staffies. The Staffies, and and tribute to our uh, fearless leader, Mark Stafford, here on Afternoons with Staffy. We want to talk about the, the the award winners of the year. Come Friday, we're going to hand out some uh, some prizes. Comeback of the year, athlete of the year, team of the year, that type of thing. We will be taking your nominations over the course of the week and hand out some winners when we get there. So you can push that through on our text machine, of course, the Temper Bed Post text machine on double eight double three. Text us through on that one. Uh, give us a call as well on 0800 150 811. And we've got some uh, nominations coming through nice and fast as well from these uh, these legacies within uh, the family. Uh, and the one I'm straight, straight away, Sammy, I'm, I'm almost uh, shocked that we left it out. Grant Fox and Ryan Fox. Now, who exceeds who? With that, Grant Fox, an all-black legend, won a World Cup. But what, what, what's been seen from Ryan Fox? And I don't want to put him above winning a major like a, a Michael Campbell, but the consistency he's producing and the style of play that he is in the world right now, I, I think they could be pretty level there, mate. Could you? I, I see this to Staffy the other day, controversial, but I throw it out there, and I know people love the Halbergs, <clears throat> in inverted commas, Um could Ryan Fox potentially be up for athlete for Sportsman of the Year? And I know the only one I could think of that that reasonably did well it would would be the Giz Shane Van Gisbergen. But with Foxy, the problem is people and people do text this in and say, "Oh, well, he hasn't won anything yet. You know, he hasn't won a major. He hasn't." I think, but and golf's a little bit different. Like you, if you finish top five in something or top ten in something, that is an incredible achievement, yeah. given the given the toughness of the sport and the caliber and the difficulty. So, it, should Foxy be up there for sports from the year? Top thirty in the world rankings. Played all the majors. Played in the Masters. He finished top. Was it top twenty? Top fifteen in the Masters? Yeah. I don't know. I just. I know he doesn't like you were just saying. He hasn't won big things yet, but. What he's doing is still pretty remarkable. Yeah, and what I say about uh, that is I've been a Helberg judge, uh, and the answer is he can't win. He can't win because of the judging criteria, right? The judging criteria bases around uh, one of the first things they ask is around uh, whether it's a pinnacle uh, achievement in a pinnacle event. And as great as that is, you're stacking up coming 15th in a pinnacle event like a major, there are four every year, up against Aaron Gates, who won gold in world championship year for cycling. Now, one's a bigger sport in the eyes of many. It's achieving against a, a higher field. It's more visible, all those things. So the same reason that something like uh, Stephen Adams comes up so often is that he is performing in a massive league, the best league of its kind in its sport, uh, and and being uh, flying their flag in a huge, huge way. Absolutely. But it, the, I, I am a, I'm a supporter of the Hellbergs because, uh, first of all, before we get too fired up, it's a, the reason Halberg exists is make uh, raise money for the Halberg, so Murray Halberg Disability Trust. So automatically a win for me. But there has to be another way where people can express themselves in this same fashion of who is New Zealand's athlete of the year based on achievement in a MVP voting system. 
There has to be a way, and I'm sure there's. I, I know Sky tried to do it a while ago, didn't quite take off. But yeah, Ryan Fox is a worthy finalist, but he won't win. Yeah, uh, so I, I can't see it happening. Now, let's turn our attention, though, to uh, one of the sports where I think someone else will be a, uh, a finalist, quite frankly. I think Mr. Uh, Gretchen Ravindra will be a finalist for the Helbergs after his nomination, a great year, and uh, a higher level of achievement at a Pinnacle event. Anyway, someone who knows about achieving at the uh, the Pinnacle as well, and, and here to talk to us about the Black Caps getting things started with the home summer with a win over Bangladesh in that opening ODI, as well as looking ahead to the White Ferns in action this afternoon. You catch the commentary here on S. CNZ involving this man himself, former Black Cap star Chris Harris. Appreciate your time, Harry. How are you? No problem. Good, Sammy. How spoil our, our, our SEN listeners with the two Sammys in tow? Mate, it's, uh, it's, it's the gift they didn't know they wanted uh, and had no choice about receiving either, mate. So uh, they are, they're stuck with us one way or the other. And we're, uh, we're talking about uh, family uh, legacies uh, coming through. And Jesus, some good ones in cricket. And uh, someone just put forward uh, Walter and Richard Hadley. They're both pretty handy. Good call from Murphy there. Absolutely right up there. It's a great way to start the show with lots of controversy around the Helberg Awards. You've been a judge. It's obviously... It's tough to judge, and there's obviously um, criteria in place that make it difficult to go outside of those. Yeah, I'm with you, and it's uh, still still very worthy, though. Uh, another name brought forward, uh, the Cairns clan. Pretty handy cricketers, the pair as well, Lance Absolutely. and Chris. Yeah, lots of brilliant cricketing families. You've mentioned a few. Um, Cairns, Hadley, oh, there's, there's, there's too many to mention. Yeah, it, it runs in the genes. Now let's uh, turn our attention to the current crop. What did you make of the way uh, the Black Caps kicked off the home summer? Obviously, uh, the, it feels like a lifetime since the World Cup and being played in a, uh, the shorter format. But uh, after that Test series and feel, uh, well, just outside of the World Cup, it seems all we do is play Bangladesh at the moment. But uh, to bring it back home, it's an important way to start. Yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a, a good one day international and a good one first up for the boys. As you said, they've been on the road for four months, so a lot of the boys are resting. Um, but obviously, felt quite sorry for Henry Nichols and Ravindra, um, hoping to come back to New Zealand and get um, some runs after. Well, Ravindra's been sitting on the sidelines, but Henry Nichols a bit of a tough time over there. But came up on a pitch that offered a bit of swing and seam, and um, was really happy with. Um, Will Young, because Shorifal Islam in those first couple of overs, I mean, they were both pearl of delivery. Weren't they? Got rid of Nichols and Ravindra. And then in some ways, it was a bit ironic. It was the perfect partnership for New Zealand when New Zealand was under trouble. And it was almost like playing in test cricket with Latham and Will Young, who both opened at the top of the innings in the Red Bull format. And it took about five or six overs of good test match batting just to get through that initial period. And then, you know, so pleased for Will Young, who's been sitting on the sidelines on tour with the New Zealand team, working so hard in the nets but not getting much time in the middle to deliver that type of performance when it was tough first up and then did the hard work and then scored a magnificent 100. And also Tom Latham had been shorter runs. Um, I thought the batting performance by everyone and then a brilliant chip-in from uh, Mark Chapman. I thought it was a, a terrific batting performance by New Zealand. I uh, couldn't agree more. And as far as uh, Will Young, you're right. I mean, we, we all know what Will Young is capable of. Uh, he has his knockers because he's batting in a position where there's a lot of competition, right? But uh, seeing an effort like that, to me, I, I know that the Black Caps aren't travelling at world better pace at the moment. But I tell you what, I, I still think the depth we have, most of the arguments we have is talking about leaving out a quality player from that 11. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, even the guys that are coming in are fantastic. And it's, it, it's, it's great to see some of the younger crop coming through. Willow Rourke, obviously good first up. And the other one that was really impressive for me was Josh Clarkson. Unfortunate to only face one ball, get a run, but then get run out coming back for two, which um, was probably a little bit silly, but, you know, trying to, always trying to get that extra run. Um, but I thought his, his bowling really impressed me. We always know that he's a strong guy and can hit the ball hard at the end of the innings. But he also showed that his bowling is going to be pretty competitive at that level. And if he can come in and bowl five or six overs, um, you know, he, he's a, a real look for the future. That was fantastic. And, and Jacob Duffy back as well. So I thought all the bowlers, considering, I guess, their inexperience, stood up and bowled well. And Ish Sodi, again, sitting on the sidelines a lot, but bowled, bowled a wonderful spell, which helped win it the game. As far as that betting goes, and uh, obviously the disappointment of seeing, uh, it, quite funny, the two players that have been perhaps the most spoken about of the uh, the previous Test Series, and Nichols and Ravindra, seeing them both kind of 
find themselves out for a duck. Do you think that either that comes down to the the pressure on of being spoken about both in positive and negative ways at all, Harry, or just just those deliveries are just damn too damn good? Oh, I can't help but look, they're both obviously quality players, professional players. That white noise sort of goes out of your mind once you get down to the middle. But in all honesty, they both, if you look at those replays, just got both got terrific deliveries. And in both situations, it was only the second ball they faced. They were in zones that they had to play. It just bounced a bit, went away from the left-hander. Bangladesh had two slips in play. Um, it was just really, really unlucky and terrific bowling and catching by Bangladesh. So uh, that the way that we saw their batting performance go, listen, I thought both batting efforts were pretty good uh, given the uh, the reduction in overs to 30. I mean, 239 off 30, certainly no uh, no slouch. And I thought, at, you know, when you see Bangladesh's run chase, they're still going at a clip over uh, a runner ball. But what, what did you make? You mentioned uh, Clarkson before, but of the bowling effort in general and New Zealand looking in tune for the, the short form of the game at summer? Yeah, I think all those young guys will be much better off for the the run in that first game. You're absolutely right. I thought Bangladesh never really got in front of the game, but they just did enough at different times throughout their batting innings to put a little bit of pressure on New Zealand. And there was a couple of many occasions where they had a couple of big overs and you thought, well, I know they're five down for argument's sake, but they're pushing along. And if this partnership can continue, they're putting a little bit of pressure on. And I think that was just enough pressure to... Um, to test those young bowlers. And I thought, you know, when the pressure really came on, um, they responded really well. So they'll all be better for that first hit out. And, you know, I'd, I'd expect to see even further improvement in the second one day. I was pleased to see as much spin bowled as it was uh, as well, speaking to Chris Harris for Black Caps International and SCNZ commentator, because we know that uh, there's a big debate when it comes to spin bowlers being selected in the first place, let alone used uh, in the context of uh, of the summers. Uh, I'm one of those advocates who wants to see more spin bowl because how else are we going to get them to be capable of, of making effort? I, as I stand by, every spinner who's picked a New Zealand team is picked because of their form in New Zealand conditions. So if they can't bowl well enough at the domestic level to earn their way in, once they're short, you can't suddenly say, oh, sorry, you can't bowl in New Zealand conditions. That's all they know. Absolutely. And, and, and they are giving the spinners a, a good run. Obviously, Miss Snatton is getting a bit of a rest. But as I said, Ish Bodhi bowled a great spell. Great to see with Indra at the bowling crease. Glenn Phillips is continuing to develop um, in all formats with ball in hand, getting wickets at test level as well as we saw in Bangladesh and important wickets. Um, and Adia Ashok, obviously we've, we've heard that he'll be playing the second and third one day. So really looking forward to seeing the young leg spinner come in who's bowled very well at domestic level. So, you know, there's the, the spinners out there and, and they're going to get a go. So we're going to get some season this summer. So that's, that's really exciting. It is a great start for the Black Catchers. It's great, but uh, we're looking for a strong continuation from uh, the White Ferns. And a couple of, uh, of, of one day is of pretty contrasting style, but geez, it, what I've noticed from that is that's the, the, the White Ferns finding a way to find a win, uh, Harry. It's, they're, not, they're not just a team that can be in charge and dominate and be bullies. They found their way to get themselves back into a contest too. Yeah, absolutely right. And that first game in Queenstown, it was just a, a demolition, wasn't it? The, just the batting was just too strong to score 365, which was their, I think their highest one-day score in New Zealand, and particularly at that ground. I mean, it was a phenomenal batting display. And that, to me, is as close as the, the perfect batting, as you've seen, aggressive at the start, um, putting pressure on the bowlers in the middle and then finished beautifully off at the end with Millie Kerr and um, Sophie Devine. It was a superb innings. And I think that was a little bit, to be honest, of their downfall in, in Christchurch and why they only got sort of 220 because you sort of felt as though um, particularly Millie Kerr and Sophie Devine came in and continued the way they played in Queenstown, were super aggressive and perhaps just didn't give them enough time to get used to the new conditions. And I think it surprised everyone that surface. It just held in the surface a little bit. Um, I know talking to Rupert and the ground staff, they would have loved just a little bit more sun on it. So it had a little bit more moisture, so it was just holding up a little bit. But as you said, a wonderful partnership between um, Maddie Green, who I was really happy for because I know she's worked really hard, and, and um, Susie Bates, who just continues at this level to absolutely deliver. Uh, and then the middle order, unfortunately, fell over a little bit, but found a way to win when it looked as though if DRS was involved, it was a pretty high probability that Pakistan would have won, but the White Ferns found a way under a pressure situation to get across the line. So hopefully they've learned from that experience and put in that situation again. Again, they'll find a way to get across the line. So, you know, you've got to say there were some mistakes made in that game. Hopefully they've learned from them. But the most important thing, as you said, Sammy, they found a way to get across the line, and that's what matters at international level.
the depth uh, within this squad has, has come under some criticism. Certainly uh, the T20 series was a flat way to start that home summer. But the senior senior players are beginning to really step up and that's what was missing. I think we could now put, definitely put our finger on it. Uh, you can't expect the, the younger players to step up without being given a, a guiding line. Hopefully we're going to see more of these uh, less experienced names put their stamp on things. Harry, you think it's third one day? Oh, that's absolutely crucial. We, we know that those senior players, when the pressures come on, you know, you, you always go to your senior players to step up and accept the example, and and that's what they, um, the senior players have done in this one-day group. And Bates and Devine and and Kerr um, and, and Matty Green now is getting very close to that sort of senior group and cementing her place. Um, but what's really important is we start, as you said, start seeing some contributions from that middle order and those younger players coming through, and and hopefully they're learning from what they're seeing from those senior players. But we we do need that next crop coming through just to start making a little bit more of a contribution. Um, And they've got an opportunity to put their hand up and and cement their um, place in the side. And and that's what we need to see in uh, in this one day of today. Uh, And how are the conditions looking overhead? Now, Harry, too early for a pitch report, but how are we uh, looking as far as uh, seeing a full day of cricket? It's magnificent. We're into the 20s. Um, Well, there's a little bit of breeze, but there's not a cloud in the sky. Uh, and I'm sure Rupert and the staff down there at Hagley Oval, the ground staff, have got the sun that they've needed. So I'm expecting a, a higher run fest today, if you like. I think we're going to be sort of 250, 260. Um, if New Zealand bowl first, I'd like to think that they'll get out Pakistan below that. But I'm sure if New Zealand bat first, they'll be looking for 250 plus. So um, it's got to be a bit more of a run fest, I hope. And enjoying the big boundaries as well, seeing a few more twos and threes runs and it's just another facet of the game and, and the women's game that is developing and, you know, that run between the wickets. It's just great to see with the, you know, the bigger boundaries. I can't wait. And it has been the sound of summer uh, hitting your eardrums on SCNZ. It's been absolutely joyous. I have been uh, loving the chance to, you know, jump in between Jump, running between the office, listen to a bit of cricket where we can, going from place to place, uh, telling the kids that uh, the Wiggles can take a little break while we listen to the dulcet towns, sounds of the SNZ commentators. So, uh, Harry, uh, as I uh, look forward to drive down to Tauranga this afternoon, I will be listening like many. Enjoy the call and looking forward to a great game. Thanks, mate. And look, I just wanted to say really quickly how cool it was to hear SNZ's very own N Smith calling Nathan Lyons amazing achievement in scoring, getting 500 test wickets, and just to hear him interview at the end, it just it felt a little bit ironic that Ian Smith was um, asking the questions or doing the interview with um, Nathan Lyon, but absolutely loved it. SNZ's very own Ian Smith, that was, that was so cool. Great, recognises great game, recognises game. Uh, Nathan Lyon, who else would you put but the doy in? Well said, absolutely well said, Harry. Enjoy yourself, Chris Harris, former Black Cap International and SCNZ commentator. It will be a great afternoon. Coverage starts from 1.30 here on SCNZ. Don't miss out. When we come back after the break, you get more of the double attack. Sam and Stereo right here on Afternoons. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent... And a horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Bring it to us. Sammy. Sammy here. This is your favourite segment, mate. I'm a, I'm a massive fan. And anyone who listens to, uh, to the afternoons with... Staffy usually looks forward to this one counts down, and I'm I'm ready to embrace it from inside studio, mate. I've uh, I've actually heard people say that they will in fact forego the six o'clock news, uh, just just to tune into what's making news. Uh, they find it more of a more an in depth, thorough um, broadcast of, of what is going on around the world. So who, who wants to deal with this newsroom full of professionals when you can just have Sammy Hewitt? Well, I don't know if that's a diss or uh, <laughs> but we'll get into it anyway. Uh, Doritos, uh, you fan of Doritos? Don't mind them. Do yeah. not mind them. Nah, what's your what's your poison flavour wise? I've got to say that I'm uh, I'm relatively mild. I go with the uh, the nacho cheese, the double Ooh. cheese styles. I, I, you you've hit it nail nail on the head with this one. The nacho cheese. I, I love the cheese supreme, but we'll we'll take a nacho cheese any yep. day of the week. Don't mind the is it the a barbecue. I don't even know if do they make barbecue anymore. The yeah, brown a, packet. It's a barbecue tang something. Yeah, there's it's, a salsa. Yeah, there's salsa. Do you know what they're bringing in some of the ones like taste cheeseburgers and stuff like that. No, just, no, silly. Just, Stick to your lane, man. Just stick yeah, to your lane. Do what you, do what you know. Um, well, d- this is about as far out of the lane as Doritos could go because uh, crisp lovers will soon be able to buy an alcoholic drink flavoured like Doritos. And specifically, 
for you, Sam Ackerman, the nacho cheese variety. Um, the Spirit will uh, offer customers the iconic nacho cheese flavour in a bottle. A limited edition release, 42% alcohol, will be made using real crisps and extracting their essence through vacuum distillation. That sounds horrific. Yeah, not falling into the <laughs> traditional categories of a gin or a whiskey. Uh, the drink will be best enjoyed in a margarita, Bloody Mary, old-fashioned, or neat over ice. So. Yeah, okay, listen, I can see it in a, in a Bloody Mary, right? A little bit of cheese to the Correct. tomato, yep. fine, but yep. neat over ice. Uh, like, if I'm feeling like a, uh, a tipple, Cheese isn't the first thing no, that I'll, I'd, I'd hope for it to taste like. You you were saying to Chris Harris, you know, it's a gift that they didn't know they wanted and they they, they couldn't have any choice <laughs> over. I feel like Doritos are going down a similar line yep, here. That's it. Um, what what would people last expect us to release? Well, let's do an alcoholic beverage. Um, weddings, oh, weddings, they're a headache, aren't they? They're 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 all go. Yeah, they are. They're full on. Uh, yep. They cost a lot of money, as you as you might know. Um, well, a lady in Australia. Uh, has had enough of having to pay per person then not having people show up. Right? Oh, that's a wedding. punish. That so is tell a me, punish. So tell me how you feel about this. She is doing a no-show fee to her guests. Oof. So if you've said yes and you later say you can't come, you will have to pay for the per-head table fee that no doubt she's absorbing as part of the wedding. Are you, are you for it? Are you against it? Uh, well, I think that if you are RSVP, then that's just common courtesy, right? You go, yeah. Listen, I, I wasted your money. I'm I'm sorry. I, I, if I RSVP'd to something and didn't have, like you know, some kind of you know syphilis pulling me down to make me impossible sure. to attend. Interesting choice. Yeah, it's just you know the first, <laughs> first, first thing that came to mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, why? That's that's my next question. I was, but... I was, th- I was just thinking, what would stop me from wanting to go to a wedding? Uh, well, no, not wanting to go. I can tell you, it'd be a large list of things that stop me yes, wanting to go. Yes. They give me a, a legitimate out. If I said I had syphilis, they'd probably go. No yeah, one would want you there. Just, just stay no one wants you there. Yeah. I mean, I, I had people uh, at, at our wedding that showed up for the ceremony. We were supposed to be at the reception, and they basically came up to me and said, "Hey, man, like we've got a we've got a rush. We've got a um, football game we've got to get to but as if like it You'd was understand. okay yeah, yeah as if yeah. I'd understand it'd be yeah. like boys I know what it's like just get on your bikes where yeah. you go but yeah no we did. I should have charged them I should have done what this lady charged me anyway that's causing some controversy across the ditch yeah, how do you hold them to that though like what they're going to when, when you well I think you just send them an invoice and if they don't pay within 30 days send you the, send the go to Bay Corp or yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it, look, it's if it's worth if it's worth destroying a friendship or a family over, then you know, go right ahead. Um, Kanye West, um, yeah, obviously got dumped by Adidas for obvious reasons. Um, but for being Kanye, yeah, yep. correct. It's funny he got hired for being Kanye and fired for being Kanye. Yeah, it's a vicious thought, cycle. Yeah. It's a vicious Kanye cycle. Um, well, he has bought out his first uh, release of Garmentation following the split from Adidas. Uh, they're basically sock shoes. I don't know if you've seen this. But they're, imagine like, you know, the football or the rugby socks, the sort of knee knee, yep, yep. knee length ones. Uh, but but apparently you can wear them, you know, outside and as footwear. But they're essentially socks, 200 bucks, okay? And people are up in arms about it. Well, Kenneth Anand, who works with Yeezy, uh, defended the high price tag, said it's reflective of the high quality of the materials used. Wow. Um, because we all know only the best no, nothing, is being no, used by Kanye West. Nothing to do with the brand identity no, at all. Right? No, at it's, all. it's all down to materials, Suppo- absolutely. Supposedly luxury brands Vitamins and is it Balen- Balenciaga are both selling extremely similar, if not identical, pairs of sock shoes. Um, they're selling these for 400 So um, Kenneth is saying, you're getting a discount here on the Yeezy. <laughs> $200 discount. Don't turn your nose up. Mate, I, I will buy... I will buy sell you sorry a, a large pair of socks uh, with sandals uh, taped or even stapled if you prefer to them uh, okay. for a hundred bucks and you are just creaming it there. Sold. So if you, absolutely if, sold. If you're looking for alternatives, then uh, then hit me up. Absolutely. Before I before I give you a fact, Mark Zuckerberg probably doesn't surprise you. He's building the largest home in U.S. history. Um, it is a underground bunker in Hawaii. Um, it's going to cost two hundred and seventy million dollars. Going to have thirty bedrooms, uh, several mansions, a village, an underground bunker, five thousand square feet, a uh, swimming pool saunas, conference rooms, libraries, etc. It sounds like somebody's intercepted uh, word of, of nuclear warfare to me. Someone, yeah. someone that high up goes, I'm building a bunker underground big enough to hold everyone. I give a toss he, about. And he knows something we don't, I yeah. feel. Maybe he knows something we don't. Um, I'll finish with a fact quickly. Um, and I brought this one in because we were talking about marriage there. Um, what do you reckon the record, one of the record is for the longest, uh, shortest marriage? Oh, well, 
I know it can be annulled easily within uh, 24 hours, as my uh, okay. wife ruefully said to me just, <laughs> just yesterday. She said, did you know marriages can be annulled within 24 hours? I'm and like, why is she looking up that was, sort of information? And my reply to her said, look, I had no reception at the time. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm, it must be a matter of minutes. Yeah, correct. We must be talking literally three minutes. Wow. Are you, mate, you're on fire today. Oh, the yes. First the nacho cheese. Shooty scores. Three minutes in 2019, a couple in Kuwait got a divorce just three minutes after being declared husband and wife. The br- uh, bride tripped over when they were walking out of the courthouse. The groom called her stupid for falling over. <laughs> she became angry, demanded the jump to e- uh, judge to end the marriage, and uh, he did it immediately. Well, that's handy, right? If you're still in a place where they can pull the plug Correct. as well as yeah, uh, take the green out. light, it's, you know, it's a one-stop one shop. What, what more do you need in this world? Thank you very much, Sammy. Now, we put out there to ask about that legacy, the, the families that can make uh, you stand up and applaud with the talent that they have, or just ex- exhausting. They're so talented. You just It's almost resentment builds up. As I say to everyone, listen, I've been trying all my life to find a sport I'm good at, still looking, tried them all, gave everything a nudge, including horse uh, horse riding where I uh, where I cleared more jumps than my horses did. So I I, I am nothing but all but these family legacies that uh, that drag it through. Uh, we have had the Hadleys pushed forward as well. Uh, one of the other ones brought forward by uh, Cavity Stew, the Adams family. Can't deny that. I mean, what it's, we don't have a, a parent necessarily driving that from a, a high-performing sporting legacy, but any bloodline that's got Valerie Adams, Stephen Adams, Lisa Adams, uh, et al., and it deserves a fair bit of respect. Well put. Uh, as far as overseas goes as well, uh, the Princess Royal, Zara Phillips, was uh, an equestrian, of course, uh, married to rugby player Mike Tyndall as well. I presume it's the same one. I, can't, I, I won't lie. I'm not that big on the Royals, but I knew there was at least one of them uh, that was good to go. Uh, we also got Frank Oliver and Anton Oliver put forward. Uh, that was by Barry as well. He put his hand up. Uh, one of the uh, couple who have put their names forward uh, on the Cairns family as well. Steve Price uh, and Jamie Lee Price. And not to forget uh, Steve's uh, boy as well, Riley, is uh, playing for the Cowboys too. So a decent gene pool there. And his brother-in-law uh, being Brent Tate. So there is uh, definitely some uh, some good bloodline working through that one. We're going to take a break. When we come back, speaking of rugby league uh, greats, we'll be talking to former New Zealand international and dual premiership winner and Paul Fatuera about the Jerome Luai situation. He's been in a similar sh- uh, position, jumping from Panthers across to the Tigers. Would he do it? What did he learn from it? All that after the break. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome back to the show. Sammy Ackerman in with you with Sammy Hewitt uh, for this afternoon. We are finishing at 1.30 today, so you will be graced with the incredible SNZ cricket commentary team for the third one day between the White Ferns and the Pakistani women in Christchurch. Chris Harris on the show with your ontology. Conditions are glorious. So looking forward to a, another cracking contest. I loved the dominance of Game 1, but Game 2, how close it was. I was impressed, thoroughly impressed, uh, and it makes for a real... I think the Pakistani women's side as well, we need to put a little respect on their name. We kind of were expecting it to be a bit of nothing, but it's been a really even contest uh, throughout the... Uh, the as far as the T20s, three to one days too. So you know, great, good on them and great for us that we get to see uh, some competitive cricket played along the way. Now, we've had some text through on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight, double three. Uh, one of the uh, topics we've been talking about is the lineage of uh, of families with the great. Brought up uh, by uh, Sammy over there for discussing the, the Woods, Tiger Woods, playing uh, with his boy Charlie and uh, looking at what, has there been a, a great father whose son has gone even further. It got us talking about sporting lineages, lineages in general. Uh, and uh, this one could uh, be potential here. Uh, Kiki Roseberg was uh, a decent driver in Formula One. Uh, Nico, has he emulated? I don't know. Uh, probably not. It might be a bit of a stretch, but also sticking with uh, Formula One. Uh, Ken texting this one, as both these in as well. Uh, Nelson Piquet and, of course, Nelson Piquet Jr., uh, doing the deed at that level as well. The Bracewells has just been nominated as well. Again, a great sporting family. And I said earlier, the Lathams as well. And we will be seeing it. I, we're not far away from some more lineages coming through. Perhaps the uh, the McCullums that we see coming through, Sammy, and that and this under-19s uh, team recently. That'll 
it'll be interesting to see what uh, how those names play forward. And there are those gene pools are uh, you know, pretty incredible. I spoke to a young woman, uh, Lizzie Hewitt, uh, who uh, is great last name, great great last name, spelled differently. Sorry, Sammy, um, and uh, of the lineage of Arlene Thomas, former world aerobics champion, and Norm Hewitt's uh, wow, and she uh, won a silver medal at the Pacific Games for New Zealand. Uh, just starting out her journey, thinking about targeting uh, perhaps uh, the the next couple of Olympic Games, not Paris, but the uh, the two after that. She's a, a firecracker of a personality and a, a talented. She was she uh, a hamstring, I think it was, or a, a calf injury stopped her going to the World Aerobics Games just before going to the Pacific Games. So see, this is the, now this is a little bit of my conspiracy here. So I've got a conspiracy that um, not a conspiracy, but a theory that. The it's never the best athletes that make the best media personalities. It's always the B grade athletes that make the best media personalities. And you think of like Matty Johns, right? Like he's the he's the second fiddle to to Joey. Was. Yet he yet he is you know the the king now in that space. You got like Pat McAfee who does you know the, the sports podcast in America, one of the biggest sports podcasts in the world, and he was a punter. You know, or or a kicker, wasn't he? So like, I've got this theory that if you're a B grade athlete, you got a much better shot. Now I'm thinking as well, maybe I need to toss into the ring there. If you're the kid of a not not a, I'm not saying a B grade athlete, but an athlete that wasn't a Tiger Woods. We're a Tom talking Brady. internationals, right? We're talking, you're talking at a high level. It's not not the cream of that. Not crop. the cream of the crop, but maybe that's the recipe here. You need you need mum or dad to just not be as good, and that. That allows you to, to catapult. Mate, it's like, you know, blokes like you, you've got the looks, that's fine. But blokes like me without it, you know, we had to get behind our personalities. <laughs> all, all, we, all we had to punch with, you know. We, okay. got to use the tools at your disposal, Well, Sam. see, I'm thinking Charlie Woods here is probably, like, kicking himself, like, why did Dad have to be so good? Because yeah. if he wasn't, I'd be amazing. And now yeah, just but with if Dad. It, but if he wasn't that good, would he be that good? Right? True, he, so would, he wouldn't it, be famous. The, the door's being opened now, to him. Now, is and I know we've got to take a break shortly, but isn't there um, something to be said as well for just how obsessed the media and cameras and to extend us are with Charlie Woods and I know LeBron's son. We're talking about it right now. I know, so. but like you watch this PNC Championship and there are other really good golfers there and there are other families that are winning. All they care about is Charlie and Tiger. That's all what all the highlights that are getting posted. It's what all the stories are getting read about. They're coming like sixth or seventh in the in the competition. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter that they will will him yeah. being Charlie into mm-hmm. being a top professional name. Yeah, uh, and then unfortunately, what'll happen is the same scenario that happened to Tiger. Once they will him to the top, people are looking for a chance to bring him down. It's a, it's a nasty, vicious cycle. Uh, let's hope we can get away from that. We're going to take ourselves a little bit of a break. We come back, we're going to get more of your texts. And after the break of news later on, we'll be talking to Paulie Fatawera as well. Really looking forward to this chat with Jewel International about that progress from a, a champion Panthers outfit to a struggling Tigers one and how to make that successful like he did, Jerome Luai. We'll want to follow those advice later on. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We're getting close to the one o'clock news here on Afternoon. Sammy Ackman in with you now. Uh, Sammy Hewitt uh, was making mention of the, the Johns brothers and how Matty Johns wasn't the star that Andrew Johns was. Of the two, Andrew Johns got by on huge talent. Matty Johns had to push himself through. He made reference in that partnership to A and B, being A being Andrew Johns, no one argues that, right? B, as far as the order, picking order in that family, was Matty Johns B. So we've had text through pointing out that Matty Johns did play 197 games uh, in the NRL, played State of Origin, played for Australia. Yep, doesn't make him a B-grade player. Not what Sammy said at all. He was saying within the context of that partnership, of course he's not a B-grade player. Absolutely not. He's, uh, if, it, if Andrew Johns wasn't there, Matty Johns might be considered one of the greats of the NRL. Unfortunately, he wasn't. Lived in his brother's shadow until he worked out, do you know what? I've got a personality. <laughs> I'm going to make this work for myself. And yep, Andrew Johns still a big personality in the game of rugby league, but no one touches Matty Johns. And if you want to argue that, go right ahead. You're going to lose that argument every day of the week. More great sporting families coming through. One thing put forward as well, the quarters. Of course, the quarters. Uh, Mum, Dad, sons, couple of daughters dominating tennis and golf. That is absolutely great. When we come back after the break uh, with news from and sport from Utah, we'll be speaking to Paulie Fatawera, dual premiership winner about the move from Panthers to Tigers. Good move or not? This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
Welcome back to the show. Afternoons with Staffy Sands, Staffy, but you do have Sam in stereo. Sam Ackerman, Sam Hewitt joining you through for another half hour before we cross to the cricket. SENZ, of course, your home of the sound of summer being the cricket commentary. We'll be going to Christchurch for the White Ferns versus Pakistan in the third ODI. Looking forward to that coverage. Now, uh, of course, it is a little confusing with uh, two Sams here. We won't answer to too many names. Sam, Sammy, uh, Ackers, Buggerlugs, Daddy, plenty of kinds. So if you want to call me Daddy like my kids, then feel free. But uh, I don't think there's a, a huge demand for that right now. Uh, but what is in demand, and that's the signature of one Jerome Loy. Uh He is, of course, a, a, a triple threat Premiership winner now. He's played uh, for Samoa in a World Cup final. He's uh, been a star for New South Wales as well at the State of Origin Arena. And Penrith doesn't look like they're going to keep, keep their man. Sounds like he is going to the West Tigers, a team that has obviously struggled on and off the field uh, for some time now. Is that a move? Is it the right move for his career? Is it big money? <laughs> it's big money. We're talking multi-millions uh, over what is said to be a five-year contract from 2025. So we thought, who has made that jump? Who has gone from a premiership-winning Panthers side and then gone join the Tigers? A Tigers side that hadn't had success to the point that he joined them. Straight away, New Zealand international, Incredible man who does a lot for uh, the, the the whole community with his work uh, around mental health as well, and a, a hell of a footballer as well. And Paulie Fatuera, dual premiership winner, Kiwi international. Appreciate your time, Paulie. You well? I'm very well, thank you, and I appreciate the introduction. My head's swelling up a little bit at the moment, so thank you for that. Uh, mate, if, if I if I can get a, a list of achievements like you, I would actually demand that it was said any time I either was uh, spoken to on the phone or walked in a room. Uh, I don't, so I'll stick to reading them out. Now, uh, let's talk about uh, the situation with Jerome Luai. Obviously, you're different players, it's a different era, but going from a successful team and a team that is, uh, has done so much like this incredible Panthers outfit has to another team that's close to your heart in the Tigers, it as you made that jump at the time, you went from uh, th- these deals are usually based around a chance to set yourself up financially as well. As a premiership winner, you're now worth more money. Uh, these are, you know, you've only got so much time in your career and, and the money being spoken about for Jerome Luai is obviously insane. So it'd be hard to turn down. But it's a tough move too. Now, you walked into a team that managed to change the face of rugby league in 2005 uh, in one of the great fairy tales. It would be a stretch to expect that from the Tigers in 2025. But what do you make of Jerome Luai looking to uh, take his career and change it very dramatically by being the main man at the Tigers? Uh, firstly, I, for me, the NRL stands for not real long. You're not in the game for a long period of time. A uh, 10-year career can go really quickly. So I congratulate Jerome Luai for making a business decision because at the end of the day, NRL clubs will get rid of you if they don't want you. So for Jerome to financially look after himself, his family, but also see the potential that the, what the West Tigers can offer next year. I, I And I'll wear my heart on two sleeves too. When, when the Panthers go well, I'm for the Panthers. And obviously when the Tigers go well, I can go for the Panthers. Uh, pretty much whoever's going the best at the, at, on that year, I'm going for that team. And yes, he's had a three-year uh, premiership trot in a row, he's got three in a row, he's, he's come with a lot of credentials, but at the end of the day, he's not playing the game for a long period of time, he's getting paid five, six million dollars, that's a lot of cash, that's something different from when I played dinosaur years ago, so I, I can only just congratulate him and, and uh, yeah, wish him all the best. Uh, in situations like this, uh, Paulie, they, they, I've seen the, the social media <laughs> posts happen before, which is, it can be quite quite amusing. But on a real, realistically, people go that uh, it'll announce that Jerome Luai is uh, retiring from premiership winning teams um, and is just ta- yeah, t- <laughs> taking the money and going to the scenario. He won't, he won't see himself in that scenario. Now, uh, five years, we know a lot can happen in the NRL and teams that have been uh, strugglers can turn themselves into world beaters, as the, uh, the Panthers have been able to do themselves. But... It is, it is a big call, though, isn't it? As far as uh, you chase that dream, you chase that premiership, and I'm sure you never get sick of it. You don't get stop having that hunger. But he is realistically trading away uh, a career that could have multiple premierships in it ahead uh, within this Panthers side for that financial security. Not a slight, but still a fact. It is a fact. Uh, I don't. The Panthers are still young, and uh, I think the only team that's going to be stopping them for next year is themselves. Uh, 
they know how to win and they've been doing that consistently. And when you win a premiership, it is so hard to get motivated and everyone's out to get you, but to do it three years in a row is truly outstanding. So, yeah, it is a big decision for him. He is going to a team that has collected the wooden spoon uh, the last uh, two years. He's still young. Uh, I see, you know, with, there's been a big change now at the West Tigers. Uh, Shane Richardson has come on board and pretty much got rid of the the ball that had been there for quite a long period of time. And uh, working close to Shane Richardson, who's the interim uh, CEO, he knows how to win and he's, he's, ma- he's been making these big decisions and he wants to create a winning culture uh, for the team and, and create a, a positive environment for, for obviously Benji to flourish and succeed. And, and by getting a marquee, signing a marquee player like Jerome Luai, yes, they broke the bank. Uh, just and he's still young, youngish, with a lot of experience. Hopefully, he can fulfil his role. And the Tigers need 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 that winning feeling. And for the past decade, we haven't been getting that. We haven't made the semis in the last ten years. I think 2011 was the last time we made semi-final football. Uh, and sometimes you've got to break the bank to to get that marquee player to come to the Tigers. Speaking to former Kiwi International, former Panther, former Tiger, of course, former Warrior as well back in the day, and, and Paulie Fatuera. And Paul, there's obviously a, a ton of noise that comes with Jerome Luai. People either love him or hate him. I'd say that the, the haters are probably a larger number than the, uh, the lovers. He's one of those guys that uh, pushes buttons. The criticism of him is that he is not the man to lead a team. He is he's a, he's a role player. He's got a skill set. But you know, the, the, those who are detractors will say he's nothing without Nathan Cleary. Now, I think everyone's better with Nathan Cleary as your halfback. But do they have a point? Is he the man to come and lead a team like the Tigers and have that responsibility on him to say, follow me, boys, I will take us forward? Does he have that game to do it? Well, time will tell. He, he definitely has the experience to to become the number one leader of his team. He, he hasn't need to do that with the with the Panthers and obviously New South Wales. Um, so time will tell. Uh, and, and and when people question his, I know you're you're going to have your haters and you're going to have your supporters, but you know people don't like being people don't like people who are different. And as long as he's been a genuine self, then. Yeah, it's you can. Yeah, uh, he's, he's he's a confident young man. Why why mock his confidence? I for me, I've, he's a great player. It's, as long as he's been his genuine self and not hurting anybody else, I think we need to congratulate the success that he is. He hasn't come from much. He's born from Mount Druitt. Basically, had nothing growing up, and he's made a success to rugby league. So we need to look at more of the positives and what a great man he where he's come from and where he's at now, and. Uh, yeah, again, time will tell, but I know the Tigers and Benji will, will do their best to make sure that he's happy and he's well. He looks after himself, and hopefully that will transition onto his on-field performance. Speaking with Paul Fatuera, uh, Paulie, uh, don't adjust your uh, set, by the way, uh, Sam Ackerman. Now, just Sam Hewitt as well, jumping in the question. So you can't go wrong with an answer here, mate. Sam, <laughs> Sam will work with whatever, but uh, Sammy? And, and if it's a terrible question, I'll just say it was you. That's the advantage <laughs> of having two Sams on the show. Eh? We can just throw between each other. Paul, like, I, I sort of echo what Sammy was saying in terms of like you never begrudge a player for, for setting his family up, and, and mm. Jerome deserves it for the success he's had. Just purely from the Tigers' point of view, or like a business point of view you know 1.2 million over over that time period um considering where they are and potentially the pieces they need is is part of this almost this sort of new tigers outfit sort of showing everyone that they are trying to do something they're trying to turn something around because we talked about it in the office this morning as well it feels like when you're down the bottom like they are you have to you have to pay overs for people when you do have to go Sort of searching in a way. Does it does it feel a little bit like that to you? Uh, no, I, I think yes, they have been struggling, and we need someone's on the board. But it's it's, a, it's a, clearly a business decision, and he's he's coming with three premierships. He's he's still relatively young. Uh, we need a, a a strong number six. I, I see it as a. Yes, it is breaking bank, and I'll say that once again. But his credentials prove that he's worth it. It's now up to Jerome to go out there and perform at his best. And it's going to be hard work coming from the bottom 
it's it's tough. But now the staying fresh in 2024, a new board, a new CEO who knows how to win, comes with a wealth of knowledge and experience from getting wooden spoon teams straight back to the top. It's going to be hard, but sometimes you've got to invest in, in a quality player like Jerome. And as long as he comes ready and he, he gives it his utmost best in every performance, as hopefully his, his uh, 16 teammates will do too, then you can build on that. It's just when a marquee player comes in, uh, doesn't give it his all, his performances diminish, uh, that's when he'll be criticised. But I think uh, for the Tigers, uh, as long as we can get off their bottom bottom of the table in 2024, and that should be... Uh, uh, a short-term success. We're not going to go and win it first year, but uh, yeah, it, it takes building, it takes a lot of hard work, and hopefully they can do it. And I believe they can uh, get Paul, off the bottom bottom of the table. Yeah, I think it's got. I've got them in it for sure. I mean, obviously, there's there's one way to go for the Tigers, and and I mean that in the greatest respect. I think they've got they're more than capable of it, but they they need to pull themselves uh, up. And, 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 sh- and shouldn't underestimate as well him playing back alongside Api Coruscant as well in that great number nine. Like good familiarity there as well, which I think will help yeah. them heaps. Yeah, it's a great call, yep, Sam. And, I completely uh, agree. I agree as well. And obviously they've got a young fullback, uh, Bula. He's, he's had an <sighs> outstanding season last year. Could be anything. So they've got a bit of a stronger spine now. And yeah, again, though, it takes 17 men to do the work on the field. And uh, yeah, hopefully they have a very tough preseason. Because usually when you, when you give it your all, Get all the games in preseason. It shows uh, during the season too. Fingers crossed. Well, I'm actually quite um, impressed or heard so far. Like, I know I don't want to see players upset or, or falling out, but they seem to be taking um, a bit of a hard line as far as David Norfoluma and making sure that he goes to the standards that's required. Um, now, I don't want to jump about that pure scenario, but it's very easy, isn't it, to fold in line with the veterans uh, and the, the guys who are on big money, but they're, they're making sure the expectations are set. We'll see how that little uh, tiff, you know, tiff will go, works out. But I want to talk to you about a bloke that you uh, know well as a, as a former teammate uh, and Benji Marshall. His first year uh, as the head coach, uh, and he obviously won't have Jerome Luai next year. We're talking about 2025 for him to come in, so another season under his belt. But okay. h- how do you feel about Benji being in that scenario to pick this team together? Because I know that a lot of coaches, <laughs> if, if I'd take them back to the time machine and said Benji was going to be head coach, some of them would have laughed, <laughs> from his, not from his brain, just from uh, Benji's approach to, to footy. He is uh, an incredibly gifted athlete and reads the game like no one else. But it's a massive step, isn't it, to be in that, that responsibility of being the head coach. How do you see Benji going? Yeah, it is. It's a big jump from playing first grade to... To fatherhood, I know he's got a lot of other business ventures happening away from rugby league. But I know Benji is a he is he is a known leader. He has he knows how to connect with uh, the athletes of of today. It's going to be really tough. Don't get me wrong, uh, but if there's somebody that they can do it is is Benji. And from my understanding, listening to Rich show, uh, Richie wants to give Benji. Uh, the utmost respect and making sure that he creates the team that he wants. Uh, Richo's job, the CEO, the interim CEO, he, what he needs to do is fix fix the in-house uh, top office and making sure that everyone within his uh, arena are doing their, their job, which creates a positive environment for, for Benji just to focus on football and making sure he gets it right on the field. Uh, he's a great learner. He knows he doesn't know everything, but he's He's given the chance. He wants to take that chance, and all you can do is uh, support him. And, and it's going to be tough. Don't get me wrong, but uh, he's got a young troop of effort. He's got a young troops there. That Paulie, uh, Paul Fetter, we always appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us insight to a couple of clubs that are very near and dear to your heart. Have yourself uh, a safe and happy Christmas with that beautiful family of yours and look forward to talking some footy in the new year. So what do you think about uh, Paul Fadawera's statements there? I, I, we've had one text come through while we were speaking about uh, Jerome, and it, it is a uh, common 
statement uh, given about Jerome Luai. The most overrated player in the NRL. Massive defensive problems. Uh, if you can't tackle, you're no good. The Tigers will be wasting their money. He's showing up in origin without his trusty second rowers to tackle ahead of him. So it's a... It's a I don't think that it's a waste of money. I think that it's an overinvestment. He's still a massive talent. Uh, and I still think that the Tigers couldn't have got better. They couldn't have got somebody better. Yep, it's a lot of money. Could he be better in defence? Absolutely. But it's like the Warriors. They had to buy in a lot of big names externally to be able to bring this back. They had to pay overs to get people. And, I'm, and the scenario has changed now with the skill set that they do have going. But I don't know. I, I, I can't buy into the fact that he's a, a, a complete waste of money. You can only buy what's on the market. And who's a better half on the market that you're realistically going to get if you're the Tigers? They need to do something. They need to change something. And there's a bit of Benji Marshall in them. If anyone can bring out the best in them, I think Benji Marshall has got to be a contender. Uh, speaking of some of the texts we've had through uh, on Rugby League today, it's been wonderful to have you guys uh, dialing in on this one. We have been asked uh, what our preferred... Back row will be so it came down to uh, Sammy, so it could be either and or both of us, uh, Sam. And oh, the back row for the Warriors for next season, my preferred, I definitely have Torhu starting at 13. I absolutely have Kate Well starting at 12. Uh, and I have uh, my preferred, uh, but maybe, I don't know, she had 12. And I'd, I'd, I'm happy with Jackson Ford 11. Do you know why? I think um, Aratanir Kure has been moved into the middle. I think he's been made a prop option. And I think he could be a guy that could come forward and help. Add that extra bit of fizz. He doesn't play a lot of minutes as it is, so he's used to coming on and rushing it hard. Now, obviously, it is a different job in the middle. That's how it works. But the simple fact of the matter is somebody's got to play that role. And also, a message come through from Ken asking, uh, how do we rate uh, Tom Dearden? Uh, He hasn't seen a lot of them, he says, but he might be a good fit at the Dragons. Anyone's a good fit at the Dragons. If anyone the Dragons can get, they should take. Certainly someone of Tom Dearden's quality. Uh, Not that it means they're going to be successful. I think that club needs a a massive, massive change before they get there. I don't expect it to be this season. But, you know, all we can do is keep uh, pushing on with what's there. So that's, that's... that's where I sit on those ones. Now, we've also been going on uh, quite big today about that family connection. The family connection. Uh, Lance and Chris Cairns, again, uh, brought forward as an option along the way. And uh, Jeff the Ref asked, who is better, Lance or Chris? Who is the better all-rounder? Controversial for you know, whichever way you go, you're going to tick somebody off. I mean, I'm either going to be uh, too young and didn't watch Lance Cairns uh, play enough and uh, don't have uh, the right for an opinion, or I'll be um, someone who uh, overrides what Chris Cairns achieved and how can he deride him. I think Chris Cairns changed the game in New Zealand. Lance Cairns was phenomenal, of course he was, but Chris Cairns would have brought so many cricketers into grade. People who fell in love with watching Chris Cairns play. I think he had a, a lasting impact on that regard. And I just think that he hit himself in the era at the right time as far as one-day cricket went, uh, putting himself in the in spotlight the way he did, uh, obviously being involved in the, the right campaigns for him. So I think because he was part of a team that was arguably more successful in the shorter form, um, it was you know, always come and go in that period, I'm going to go Chris Cairns. I'm sure I'll be hammered with options either way, but bring it on. Chris Cairns in the uh, iconic teal um, black caps uniform with the Telstra with the clear, you know, yep. the Telstra clear logo, National Bank. I, is, I don't, uh, did, did Lance Cairns have a cricket bat named after him? Excalibur. I, yeah, but that's his bat, right? That's just what he called his bat. You, right. couldn't, you couldn't go buy an Excalibur, could you? Uh, I don't know. Could I, don't, I, don't, I don't recall ever seeing one because I, w- I would have hunted one of those. Why did Chris Cairns have one named after him? Yeah, the, yeah the, uh, the, uh, his name was all over. Uh, autograph was, was imprinted on the, uh, the GM Maestro. Oh, the Maestro. Yeah. Well, I do the, the the one that I remember vividly from my childhood was Ricky Ponting's uh, Kookaburra with the it had the big graphic down the front the ca- Kahuna, <laughs> big big Kahuna, and it had Ricky Ponting's signature. And, <sighs> and to be honest, as a kid, Sammy, I I thought it was his signature. Like I thought he had signed every signed bat. that bat and brought signed it to every you. bat. Yeah, when it accidentally peeled off, it didn't give you any kind of. <laughs> no, I just thought there's really poor ink. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I really appreciate everyone giving uh, their nominations through. And don't forget, we will be asking for your help in picking the Staffies come Friday. Yeah, uh, the a last, lot of pressure on that. Yeah, a lot, we'll be picking, uh, named after the great man, of course, and he wouldn't do it himself, so we're going to do it for him. Uh, we will be picking some of the big moments, some of the big athletes, some of the big events of the year. So feel free to nominate some awards uh, and people for those as well over the coming days. Looking forward. Hey, just quickly, what, what sort of thing? Because we're looking for, like, performance of the year. Yep. 
um, like athlete of the year. Um, what else? Uh, I think breakout of the year. Breakout. Breakout. Contro- controversy. Controversy. Yeah, I like that one. Controversy of the year. Maybe the pork chop of the year. The person who's yeah, made, like a compl- made a complete fool of themselves. Are we just keeping it to New Zealand or are we going global? Yeah, to, to, to be decided. I think when it comes to pork chop, we're going to put Australians in the, in the mix. Absolutely. I mean, we can't, we can't, Mitchell we Johnson and David yeah, Warner we, can uh, fight that one out. Exactly. So I think I think that we will uh, look to keep it local, uh, but pork chop we might make uh, international. Uh, maybe, maybe we even call it the international pork chop of the year. We don't yeah. need to throw New That's, Zealand That could there. be the marquee award come Friday, to be it, honest. It could be, absolutely. The other and, ones. And, it keep, and it keeps a few of our mates out of uh, consideration here at SNZ <laughs> as well, right? The few people we're putting their hands up uh, for that oh, one. And I've got evidence. We were getting in trouble for that one. Uh, and uh, we mentioned uh, the lolly scramble at the Mount. Uh, it happened in the weekend. Well, someone with first-hand experience, in fact, I believe the lolly scrambler, has said, don't know what you're talking about, the, uh, the tackling and events that went on there made it look like the NRL was tiddlywinks. Grant from Tauranga, I'll t- mate, you had first-hand perspective. I will take your word on it. Appreciate all your time today. Thanks for the texts and calls. We will be back tomorrow. Looking forward to it. But you do have the commentary team from SCNZ bringing us all the action of the second, so third one day between the White Ferns and Pakistan from Christchurch. Enjoy this afternoon. I know I'll be listening. Thanks to Sammy Hewitt. Appreciate your time on the show as always.